0: Hey, it's Seeking Plum. Most of us are familiar with Uber, but what about human Ubers? A new technology that would allow people to remotely attend events in a more, quote, realistic way, sending a surrogate person in your place. It's something new that debuted at the MTech conference in Asia this week. So this is how it works. The surrogate straps an iPad-like screen to their face to physically fill in for the other person, and the screen shows the remote person's live face, and it has a speaker that transmits that person's voice. This technology is also called the chameleon mask. As far as I can tell, there is a bit of augmented reality worked into this as well so on one side of this mask is a screen for the surrogate and on the other side is the screen for those interacting with the surrogate and the surrogate uses a bit of that augmented reality so the remote person will use hand gestures that come across through the screen for the surrogate And the augmented reality shows them these gestures so that the surrogate can then interpret them and act them out. Now, those gestures are not shown on the screen for those who see the remote person's face on the iPad-like screen. To kind of get a better idea of this, I'm sure you've seen VR masks and what they look like. But if you slap on an iPad facing out onto one of those VR masks you'll have a better idea of what this thing looks like. So apparently the whole reason this came to be was because there have been some studies that found that humanizing the experience is much more amenable than interacting with robots. So for instance you may have seen the like Roomba type thing that has a stick straight up, an iPad on it, you know, roaming around a place and on that iPad is the face of a person. With a surrogate or a human Uber, it adds more of a supposedly a human feel to things. Now, I've seen a couple of videos with surrogates wearing this gear on their head and interacting with people and I suppose that the more you interacted with surrogates the more natural it could become but uh, the surrogates are still getting used to it and I think people are still getting used to the idea of interacting with surrogates as well so maybe it's more pleasant than a robot but it's not entirely not awkward (laughs) is what I'm getting at. I was trying to think of instances where I might want to use a surrogate as a remote person or where I would want to interact with a surrogate as a person on the other side. And I, I'm kind of torn on this. So if I have to teach or present remotely um I'm not keen on either the Roomba type iPad thing or even using a, a human Uber. I'd rather there be a screen where uh, those attending or the students can see me from at least the shoulders up, you know, so they can see my hands and my arms, my fa- facial expressions, like everything, not just most of my face. And I want to have full control over where I'm looking and where my attention is. And as a student, I want to be able to see more of my teacher and get more of a feel of the energy and uh, the emotion that's there as well when they're passing on information. When someone is presenting or performing, there's this kind of give and take between the stage and the audience and or in the front and the audience. There's, there's this energy and you can't get that. It's very difficult to get that when you are remote. And if you do a surrogate, I think that's even or, or a floating Roomba iPad, I think it's even more difficult to get that as well. And also, as a student, I would find it very distracting because I see that surrogate as a person, and I'd want to know you, you know more about why they're doing this and you know what makes them tick and I, I, all of these different things <laughs> there's just so many questions there, particularly if it's a long presentation and if it's a re- repetitive type thing, at least in the beginning, right eventually it would become more. Common? Okay, but let's say I'm going to buy a house and my real estate agent is unavailable and can only meet me remotely. I think I would prefer a surrogate over the Roomba because the surrogate can walk me through the place. They can open doors, turn things on and off. There's more they can do than the Roomba. If I point to something and say, what is that? They can lift their head or turn their head and the Roomba, the Roomba is limited. But, but I would want to be able to talk to the person before and after they put the gear on just to be able to, to have that human interaction so that it's not just this surrogate stepping in. Then, then I think I'd be okay because to me, they are still a person. They're not just a upon being placed in there, you know? So I think that there are some jobs that maybe a surrogate could fill in, and I think that there are some jobs where a surrogate could definitely not. Something else that they said that uh, this gear could be used for is cosplay. So you could actually wear the face of your favorite character you're dressing up as. But to me, that kind of loses a bit of the fun because then you are going to end up looking like every other character out there that you're dressing up as. What will really make your cosplay stand out from anyone else's, you know? I mean, yeah, there's always some differences, but I think it's our faces that really really make them different. Here's another interesting area. What about going on blind dates through a surrogate? I'm not sure whether these human Ubers are ever going to take off, but if they do, I think that there is a lot to consider. There will have to be contracts or agreements of some kind to determine where you're going as a surrogate and when and for how long and like how much you're going to pay the surrogate or what you're going to get paid for, how like what you're willing to do or not do, where that line is. And also, as that remote person, you have to understand then that your surrogate can pull the plug at any time. So you need to, in a sense, understand that. So be respectful and not push them um, yeah there's there's a lot to consider there. I think that it can be something that's abused, but I think that there's a lot that could go awry with this um and uh, I don't know I don't know. It's a strange idea as a whole. When I googled for more information, there were many articles on this, and it was interesting to see. Uh, the ideas of things that people would use it for or not use it for. Things like they knew they had a meeting to go to, but it was a snowstorm and they didn't want to go, so they would call out a surrogate. I suppose that's one instance. But by the same token, if there is... Like, if it's an obligation you have to go to, then fine. But if it's somewhere like a party or something like that and you don't want to go, then just don't go, you know? Because by pulling out the surrogate to an extent, you are still, part of you is still present, although you are not physically present. Okay, so are there any jobs that you could see a surrogate not being appropriate for or being perfect for? Would you use a surrogate for your job? Are there any instances or any places where you would absolutely not want to interact with a surrogate and you would want to interact with the person themselves only? Would you use a surrogate in your personal life? And if so, when? For what reason? Would you want to be a surrogate? I could see this being a money opportunity for some. Uh, Not for me. It's not something I'd want. But uh, is this something you would want to do? Questions abound. What are your thoughts? What do you think about these human Ubers? I want to know. Give me a call.
1: I think this is a horrible idea and it takes away from the human experience,
0: no matter what
1: way we, we call it or play it because as human beings, we're, we're designed to have community and to be communal, and to take away that physical presence, takes away from our, our internal presence, our spiritual presence, you know, in all things. And just the examples of like, if I, if I had to, you know, use a surrogate to go on a date for me, what does that show about me? That I'm too scared to go through interactions. I think that, you know, there's got to be a limit to technology, and that's why the conspiracy theorists who think of uh, the Matrix and Terminator theory, that AI is really an enemy, but it's really us as the enemy of trying to make it too easy. This is just kind of like what I'm thinking. Thanks.
0: Hey, Jason. As always, some great points. I think you're right in that technology like this takes away from the human experience and community. But I also think that they're kind of... Technology like this is kind of a necessary evil. I don't know the exact timeline, but over the past 100 or 200 years, we've had this exponential population growth. And trying to keep up with it is difficult with respect to transportation and not just the vehicles, but roads and uh, railroads or, you know, like whatever it is that we're using. And so when you can't do that, you have to find other ways of being able to come together, especially if it's not about actually getting to that place, but it's about money. So we've used, you know, phone conferences before, we've used Skype, and we've used other different methods, and now this is kind of something new. I don't think it's good necessarily I think it's kind of a a tool to be used in moderation, Um, and whenever possible, we try to make sure that we do things in person, most especially when it comes to our personal lives, like you pointed out. It's funny, when I mentioned the dating idea, where I was coming at it from was thinking of uh, first meeting somebody on a dating site, and then having to meet them for the first time in person. And there's always that concern when you do that, that you don't know if the person that's being portrayed online is the real person you're meeting. And as a woman, that can be really scary, because you, you don't know if you're meeting an ex-murderer or, you know, the legit person. So uh, uh, a surrogate can be... A little bit appealing. But at the same time, I don't want to put another woman, you know, in a dangerous place. Uh, I don't want to put another person in a dangerous place. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Now that I think it through, (laughs) I'm not going to do that to somebody else either. So I guess a surrogate is out. And another great point that AI is not necessarily the enemy. It's us. I think all too often we're looking at that quick fix or that easy solution for that one thing. And we don't think about the consequences or all of the different ramifications to this process or achieving that solution it's kind of like the internet. I think I've talked about this before. If those who started developing the internet in the beginning started thinking about some of this ahead of time, even with a rolling thought process, like 15 years out, 10 years out, and said, okay, this is where we see things going. Maybe we should start planning, you know, rules or laws or Um, stipulations to protect those who use the internet and uh, to protect uh, laws uh, and things for each country and then as things change in the world and in countries and as you know life changes then those laws change and adapt but because that forethought didn't happen we are where we're at now where the law enforcement, um, the government, etc., there's no there's very little that has been put in place to plan for cyber war or protections for people when someone uses methods like revenge porn, um, you know, any of these kinds of things. There's like been no preparation for it. And We are far down the line, so it was hard to see this far. But if there had been a rolling period of forethought, maybe it would have been different. Maybe if the same happens now with AI, it will maybe will be okay. We can hope. But I don't know if those developing AI will do that. I kind of highly doubt it.
2: Wow, I love this segment, Seeking Plum. Christine, this is fascinating. When you first started talking about people being Ubers and surrogates and wearing these things on their faces, and I immediately imagined all these other humans at home, have you seen that movie WALL-E with the little robot? And all the humans are like wandering around on a spaceship in space and they're all like huge, enormously obese and they've lost their muscle mass and their bones have shrunk because they're in floaty chairs, because they've lost the ability to move around and be physical. I think I said that already, repeating myself. I'm so excited. When I get excited, (laughs) I can't speak properly because I love science fiction. I love all of these discussions. And that's the first thing I thought of, that the surrogates would be used by people, humans who their brains have gotten so big that they're just this huge blob at home that can't move because of technology. And so I imagined that all the poor people in the world would be the surrogates because they can't afford to have their own life or the technology. So they have to run around. So they'll be the skinny, attractive, hot ones. And the unattractive ones who can't move around will be at home. And then when you talked about how you have to have a certain agreement with your surrogate, you've got to speak to them first and afterwards and sort of do a, a, a preface and a debrief. And I thought about these two really hot, surrogates going on a blind date because the other people are too socially awkward or remote or just can't move because they're completely overweight or whatever they're at home for a reason and then these two hot surrogates go on a blind date together and they get their face technology and just throw it aside because they're so hot for each other that they get caught up in their own date and I had this vision of these two phones, like a Samsung, thrown to the side or an iPad thrown to the side with these, the two people that had hired them at home going, wait, wait, we can't see. What are you doing? Hang on. What are you guys doing? Why can't we see? And that just filled me with mirth. And then I started thinking about the other things that you talked about um, with Jason, uh, about the ethics of AI. And it reminded me of Isaac Asimov when he devised his three laws of robotics, Um, when he was thinking about androids and the idea of envisioning a world where human-like robots uh, need to have a set of laws, of rules to govern them so they don't harm the human species. And all of these things are rolling around in my mind. And I've done a lot of 360 virtual reality experiences. And all of this stuff is constantly constantly in the front of my mind, making me think about the future of humans – with the way that we're evolving with technology like Jason said it's just it's it's like a hurricane it's like a tsunami it just keeps moving forward with more and more momentum and more speed and yeah and then I thought about Anchor and you know I interact with more people on a more personal level on Anchor than I do in real life sometimes not all the time but sometimes And is this not just another form of technology that enables us to have a surrogate, anchor being our surrogate? We're not actually with the other people. I'm not actually in a room talking to you right now, Christine, but I'm connecting with you. And sometimes in real time, sometimes we can do call-ins with people at the exact time. So we're already on the breaking wave of that tsunami. I
0: loved your calls, Georgie, so much here. I could just see uh, an Electric Dreams or Black Mirror episode, human uber-dade gone, quote, wrong, or terribly right. I don't even know how I could have forgotten Asimov's three laws for AI. I thought this in the past, that science fiction has done a lot of the thinking on so many topics for decades. And I think that if we would... Trust in or look to science fiction, (laughs) which seems odd. But if we would look to science fiction to at least consider some of the ideas there, we we could find some valuable information. As in, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Particularly some of the older sci-fi. There is a lot of good stuff in there. And I completely agree with you about Anchor. It's just a different version of the phone or Skype or, you know, any of these kinds of tools. And I'm with you. I have often, not always, but often more interactions with people on Anchor than I do with people in real life. Anyway, I loved how you pulled everything together and, uh... I'm just going to sit back and enjoy that. So thanks for calling in, Georgie. I really appreciate it.